Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Uh, today, we're excited to welcome back Dr. Diane Dorbry. Dobry, Dorbry. You've got a new name, Diane. How about that? Hey, so I know, you know, we've met you through uh, IFTWA, the International Food Wine Travel Writers Association, and you've been on our show a few times talking about Hungary. Uh, so right. you're a travel writer, a food writer, wine enthusiast, wine writer. Um, you've dealt in importing Hungarian wines over to America. You love Hungary. We know that. You're the yes. HungarianAquarium.com. <laughs> and, um, but you're also writing memoirs and books. So there's a lot going on. But mm-hmm. I want to go to your last name. What What is the cultural oh. roots of Dobri? Yeah. Oh, since well, I got actually, it wrong. It's my ex-husband's name. It's Czech. Okay. And it means okay. good. And oh. uh, so when I was having children, I had two boys, but people would say to me who who knew like they spoke Polish and they would say, if you have a girl, name it Jane Dobry, because Jane Dobry is how you say good morning or good day in 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 that in oh, Polish. Wow. But my my um my maiden name is Hornbuckle, which is English, and my my uh wine com- company was Christoph Wines, and that was based on my great grandparents who came from Hungary to the US to Ithaca, New York. And um they made wine and my great grandfather worked at a baron's. He had been the wine taster and someone he worked in the stable. So he he had some kind of background in Hungarian wines. So I guess wow. I kept the ball going, you know, took the so, baton. Yeah, going- what led you to go to Hungary? Was it your family roots that led you there? Well, interestingly, I had gone to um, my first trip to Europe was to I was a PR person at uh, Columbia University's Teachers College. And one of the professors had a global health um, conference happening in um, Salzburg, Austria, at, and the, the place where they were doing it and staying was where Sound of Music was um, filmed on the outside, the backyard of Sound of Music, where they came off the, the water and to the patio. And um, it's called um, the um, uh, something, I can't remember. I keep thinking Leonard, but it's not Leonard. Leopold Schran, um oh, okay. Palace. And... and um, it's kind of well known for these uh, conferences and um, seminars. So I had gone for that as my first, I was doing the PR for him as my first European trip. And I said, well, I'm not going home after three days in Europe. I'm going to get on a train and go to Vienna, which I did by myself. I didn't know much of what I was doing. When I was in Vienna, I met a uh, family going to Budapest from Vienna. And I'm like, ooh, that's where my family's from. But I don't think I'll ever ever go there. I can't speak the language or anything. And then when I became a doctoral student, I was looking at television and how television can influence people's um, lifestyles. And I had read about how Western television coming into India had changed the way women used makeup and did their hair and how they they got tables and TVs and and it it changed the whole culture and I said what kind of a culture can I look at that 
that television would have changed. And I'm like, oh, Central Europe, you know, whatever had been in the Soviet bloc. And so I chose Hungary to go to, to do this research. I met a guy in New York who was a bartender and he was Hungarian and we got to be friendly. We we chatted and stuff. And he moved back to Hungary to find a wife and said, come and stay with my family. And it turned out that I did research on his whole family um, for months, for like a, six weeks in a summer of 2004, watching TV. What, how often did they watch TV? And they really didn't watch TV all that much. But when they did, I wanted to know what they watched. And so I spent pretty much the summer doing that. And then I got into this wine business, kind of came into it and uh, started going there like every year, tasting wine and spent a oh, lot what of a rough time life. It over. <laughs> I said, what a rough life. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun, but it was it was scary because I really didn't know how to how the alcohol business worked. And it it's quite regulated. So but I thought I'm going to make lemonade out of, you know, the lemons. I I didn't succeed at keeping it going because I had to shut it down in 2000 nine when the the mm. housing bubble burst but i said i'm going to write a book so i started writing a book about the basics of hungarian wine and the history and um someone suggested i take my my own story of becoming a wine importer and kind of put that in between so that's what i'm kind of working on now is mm. um doing that so so how did the travel food, wine, travel writing come in? Was it from traveling to Hungary or were you always writing? Because I know that you also worked in a newspaper. I worked at, um, yeah, I had been for years um, the um, PR person, director of communications in at Columbia University, but I was studying international um, studies and um, I had also ta- kind of taught and I was doing director of communications up in upstate New York at a SUNY ag and tech school. So I taught about wines to them and I had an international online class with a Hungarian wine professor. And I, we taught the Hungarians about New York state wines and the New York mm. state students about Hungarian wines. We did a tasting eight o'clock in the morning in New York. And, <laughs> um, and then I took them on a, on a trip, a study abroad trip for a week for 10 days um, after the class was over. Um, so that was kind of how I got involved in, in doing a little bit more with teaching. And then I, but I wanted to get into IFTWA, but you had to have certain m- number of um, articles written that were travel, travel writing. Um, I moved to Florida when I, um, I became unemployed again. And um I kind of knocked on the door of this newspaper and kept kept writing about their agriculture because they knew I had agricultural background. And then during the summer, the, the uh, editor said, you know, we usually write about education, but we have this empty space. You know, you can write about some day trips. And then I said, well, I'm going to Hungary. And he said, OK, write six stories about Hungary. And and that got me into IFTWA because I had enough travel stories from that newspaper. I was just a wow. stringer, but, you know, I was. Um, it, yeah, I it's, it's all the. Look, yeah. So, well, communications is communications, whether it's on the PR side or the writing side. You're all 
pathways in it, obviously, and then doing the books, because I know you're also writing memoirs, and you're doing your family history stories, too, right? So books are definitely yeah. a big part of what's happening. Right. Well, the the Hungary, I am doing a, um, a memoir about my time in Hungary, but I think I'm going to have to split it up because there are different themes. And that's mm -hmm. called Getting Hungary. And the first one will be who's the pest in Budapest, you know, and, and then after that, I have like, I was in hospitals because I broke my arm and had all these operations. So I was going to talk about that, you know, healing in Hungary. And, um, but then I, um, I, I inherited my great aunt's diaries from the thirties to the forties when she was going from 15 years old to mid twenties. And, and I just was like, I kind of would post it to Facebook and say, oh, look what my aunt wrote. And people were like, oh, we want more. We want more. So I posted it and they were like following the story. So I said, well, I think I'll turn it into a book about her life. And and when I was a, a master's student, I I had done some interviews with my grandmother, mm. the Christoph grandmother, and, and she told me all about her parents, how they came from Hungary and lived in Ithaca and that they lived on farms and what she did as a child. So I just took that and kind of transcribed it. And I talked to the uh, historical society up in Ithaca and got some photos. And I have some photos from her and I'm putting together a small book, I guess, you know, like a chap book, you know, 50 oh, pages cool. or so. And um, I think I'm going to try to do some talks and sell some of those books through the historical society and, and the same with my aunt's uh, great aunt's diaries is uh, I'm working with the historical society and library in, where she grew up. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So history is a big thing. So you've got food, wine, travel, you know, Europe is a <laughs> big deal. And, and family yeah, and history. history. Yeah. yeah. Well, family history is fascinating. And you think about what people I was thinking about that today, about like music and things, about how I'm so into Roots music because it tells the story. It tells the history of people, right? And what they went through, um, yeah. you know, as pioneers or as slaves or, you know, just all different walks of life, really. Um, so I think it's it's interesting to go back and remind us of what we think is so glitzy and glamorful. Like that wouldn't happen without all these people before us. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, a lot of times my aunt in her diaries, she'll write what she was listening to on the radio and, and I'll go and listen to the song to get a sense of what it was feeling like. And I feel like my, I feel myself in her time frame when I'm mm. writing about her. It's really interesting to kind of feel immersed in it. Wow. Wow. So now tell everybody you've got three websites, three blogs okay. that people can follow. So Hungarian okay. Aquarian. Tell everybody about that. Okay. Well, this goes on the other side of everything we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, the first one about Hungary is called Getting Hungary. And um, it's gettinghungary.com. And then and that has some blog posts, some podcasts. I'm trying to get more podcast guests. They're they're kind of hesitant if they're living in Hungary. They're like, oh, my English isn't good. I, I'm like, yes, it's good. I wouldn't ask you if it wasn't. But mm -hmm. then I have um and and I have a Facebook page, Getting Hungry, which is where I post, I curate stuff. I post about events happening in Hungary and holidays and stuff. And that's kind of a travel 
focused in tourism of Hungary. Then I have um, Hungarian Aquarian, which was kind of the first. Um, and it's, I I had done my dissertation on death in the afterlife and how people, um, because they couldn't find answers basically either in their faith of what happens when they die. It's more of like, oh, well, just believe us. This is what, what it is. Or science was like, well, we don't look at that. We only look at the body and what's physical. Mm-hmm. And so they've, I've, I was reading that a lot of people will go to shows, TV shows like ghost hunters, um, medium TV shows and people's personal encounters and what they've encountered. And so I did that, uh, my dissertation on that and created this website, Hungarian Aquarian, to have some of my excerpts from my dissertation kind of talking about that. And then po- a lot of podcasts about like crystals and um astrology and um, death in the afterlife kind of beliefs, communication with the dead experiences, intentions like manifestation. Um, so that's my, the podcast is called Dying to Know. And Dying then the, the blog is knocking on heaven's door. And then um, there was an astrology column that just was so all encompassing that I couldn't get a lot of of my own other projects done. So what I do is I have Hungarian Aquarian on Facebook where I kind of put updates for what, what the major astrologers are saying online. And I kind of summarize it and sometimes I'll post their videos or, or um, mm-hmm. their websites. And I'm I'm trying to figure out what to do with that column. I may just take the the group of like say all of july all of august and just create a column of that so you can go back if you want but mostly it's about um those kinds of topics that's cool i think that's something where dying to know is a good title too for for your podcast because you know i'm like i'm i'll go down the rabbit hole of what happens to people when they die and come back that's I'm fascinated. Like I've got a I've whole thing on that. That's seventy two yeah. hours. I've got a professor, two of their books, of his books about the actual documentation of these stories. And uh, I've been it, reading those since the eighties because I was always so afraid of death, and and that's actually what what helped me get through, like reading about people's near death experiences. It sounds interesting. I just kind of want to be able to go back and forth. That's the thing. It's like, it feels like you, you buzz off onto this new thing, but I want to be able to, I want to be a ghost. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to haunt people. <laughs> I, I just, I want to hang out. I, I don't want, you know, it's like, oh, you can't go to this country because they're having a war. Well, I don't want that. I want to be able to go. I don't, you know, I'm yeah. one of these, like, I wish we didn't have borders or passports and all of that. I just want to be able to be free to go wherever the heck I want. I, you know, I don't want much. I just want to be able to do what I want when I, and when I die, I just <laughs> I don't like goal. this finality of like that's it. You know, I I just don't. Yeah. I I kind of want to be a, and I don't believe in like doesn't make sense to me scientifically that we just cut it all off and it's dead. Energy right. doesn't die, and I do believe there is that. You know, I think the science and the cloth are coming together a little bit more than they were ten years ago, ten fifteen years ago. It's getting a little bit better, um, but we'll see. We'll see how. I don't know. The world's kind of weird right now. (laughs) They seem actually, when I did my, my research, the science was, they would have these arguments because I looked at web discussions and the, 
the scientists would say that that's never going to happen. And the, the very, very, you know, religious would be like, well, wait till you die. You'll see. And I'm like, like, how do you know? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So that's why a lot of people said they, they wanted a safe place to be online and they, they, they watched television. Um, These, these reality shows that were like, they weren't like fiction, like vampires and stuff. It was more like mediums or, you know, ghost hunters or people who just like ghost ghostly encounters, I think was one or um, where they would just tell their stories. Like, this is what happened to me. And um, it was pretty. And then the ones with the near death experience was uh, I survived beyond and back where they told about what happened when they, if I get on uh, YouTube and I see one, I'm, you know, someone has yeah, to me come too. and I me. watch one every day. Yes. Nancy has to get me away because I have work to do. And she, you know, it's like, oh man, this is like, they feel really good out there. They're having a good time. They're happy. They don't want to come back. They're like, hey, no, they'll understand. No, they won't. (laughs) You need to go back, go back, you know, to reality. But um, so I'm, I, that's fascinating. What you, I, I love that you do so many different things. You're part of the big blend, right? It's perfect, you know, but that's a good thing. And then you've got another blog. A little um, days. Discovery <laughs> Discovery Days D A Z E um was based on I had a Tumblr blog called Diane's Discoveries and I started writing oh, I about that, yeah. places and stuff. And I thought, well, let me turn it into a, a website and I would have sometimes I'll put just me talking about something that I like my favorite YouTube channels or some books I've read that I think are interesting or thoughts. I did a video of my brother. He he's a home coffee roaster so i did it wasn't so much of a video it was more of a podcast but then i had some video and photos of how he does his home coffee roasting and and that got pretty much a lot of attention but i also did on national hedgehog day one of my friends in england is a hedgehog foster parent so she would she came on and talked about what it meant to be a foster a mother for hedgehogs in England. And um, so I wanted to cool. do more of that because I could do more like Florida stuff where I am now, or I lived in Long Island and I like the Hamptons and Sag Harbor or upstate New York. And I could do something about that. So discovery days is more about kind of eclectic stuff mm-hmm. that I, and and then cooking, I always have like cooking videos of me cooking something um, I'm not the the pretty girl that does her hair and makeup. I'm sometimes I'm just in a t-shirt and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm cooking today. I remember in COVID, you were giving us all cooking lessons and you're doing some Hungarian recipes and soup recipes. Right. Remember you doing something with carrots. I'm like, I didn't know you carrot could do that soup. with carrots. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember that, but I love that you're so multifaceted in your interests. And it's fascinating to me too, that you you tend to go to TV, like the, this dissertation that you did, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, how that really changed everything. And radio did the same thing, you know, right. actually we're recording this on, well, no, tomorrow's radio day. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. the day that the radio was invented, but not when this airs. So really? anyway, just when we're recording. Yeah. And um, radio changed the world. TV changed the world. You know, I don't know. I don't think podcasting will ever get as big as that. I mean, it's huge, right? But it wouldn't be there without radio and it wouldn't be there without TV, you know, and it's the internet, the internet is up there. 
Right. So you know how it changed everything. But still, we went and put, oh, let's get TV on the internet. Let's get radio on the internet. So how we have podcasting, right? And mm-hmm. so when we saw our podcasting, our shows, Big Blend Radio, we weren't, they, podcasting wasn't even a word. It was the beginning of it. And we didn't even like the word. So we didn't even <laughs> want to use it. We're like, no, we're Big Blend Radio or the Blend Radio, Champagne yeah. Sundays radio show. Like we didn't want to use the word podcast. We're just like, yeah, that's not. I had started off with blog talk radio. Um, yeah. I was doing my dissertation. I had new age cafe and I would interview astrologers and I interviewed a guy who wrote um, everyone is psychic. And he talked about how he um, gives lessons and what people can, can do to tap into their psychic uh, abilities and stuff. So I, I tried to do that while I was doing my dissertation. I figured if I'm here, I can start start mm. uh trying to get into that kind of thing then i went to hungary for a year and couldn't do it from there we did but we did that's where we started was on blog talk um yeah yeah when they first we i think we were like when they were six months old we started with them it was cool it was it fun was like, it was fun we were southwestern in coverage we were Southwest Blend at that time. Went from being the Blend to Southwest Blend. The Blend being San Diego. And then all these people are like, well, you can't do San Diego without Arizona. I'm like, okay, I'll cross the border. No problem. <laughs> and so we went to Southwest Blend. And then when you could do blog talk and interview people around the world, well, like, and we were, we had stopped printing our men because we were print as well. And at that point we stopped printing. We're like, well, we can do anything around the world now. Let's go for it. Why limit? You know, and that's the truth. Why, why limit every, you know, it's, you can have different niches and everything, but everything's all connected. It really is. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's. That's why I wanted to do like, I like to have the social media with the, with the website, but I really, I do like podcasting because I like, sometimes I'll interview authors like, on um Hungarian Aquarian I I interviewed some people who wrote books about their experiences um and I was trying to do a little bit more of uh that with discovery days but I'm trying I'm 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 figuring it out because I also mm-hmm. like the idea of doing news newsletters like Substack mm-hmm. or something and I'm like, well, I have a lot of retirement ideas and should I do a senior focus? I mean, I, I want to, I'm like all over the place, but yeah, I, yeah. I like to put my hand in a lot of different, you know, places or pots. We shouldn't be limited. Not, we should not be limited in life. You know, the world's our oyster, right? So I love that. And uh, it's always good to chat with you. And we look forward to having you back on the show. We're going to be doing a lot more panel discussions coming up this this fall and next year. And so um, I'm excited. And we'll be talking about we'll be talking about death. I'm excited. It's coming up the time. That sounds good. <laughs> the death, the death season's coming up. That's right. <laughs> death and ghosts. <laughs> no, we're excited about that. It's our I favorite always say time I'm the year. wine and spirits. The wine oh, and spirits. Perfect. That, that's right. We'll do a show on that. And then obviously the holidays and everything and talk travel. So we're looking forward to that. And so I will have everyone uh, the show notes, whether you're listening on YouTube, Facebook or Apple, Google, wherever, all the show notes uh, will have all the links to Diane's, Dr. Diane's uh, website. So you can connect with her over there. And you can also find her expert page on blendradioandtv.com. Keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Diane. We'll see you around. Great. Thanks for having me.